episode 8 of season 3 of the Three Amigos FPL podcast. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amiga Kylie and my amigo Mars. You can find us on our group account at Three Amigos FPL as well as individually at Kylie FPL, Mars05 and myself at the Marble Curse. As their tradition, we begin our review with the premium, the premium game. Leave a gap. Leave a gap. I always do my little tongue twister pose when I get No, that was next level. Next level it was. Okay. As our tradition, we begin our review of the previous game week with the best scores. So that this week is? Ladies and gentlemen, the scores are in. And the new number one in the Amigos battle for mediocrity (laughs) is the one and only (laughs) Donica Brannan with a staggering... 84 points. These things don't happen often, guys, so we have to celebrate Don. Join us in, join us in a standing ovation for, for the one and only Don. Oh, thank you, Maris. I'm, I'm overcome. I'm overcome. Just, like, I'm even more overcome than the previous two times when you said that and, um, and recording his ball stuff. So this, this is an immense moment. If he, every, every time I hear it, it gets better and better. You were surprised, right? You were surprised. Oh, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't see it coming at all. Oh, excellent. Yeah, game week, 84 points. Uh, Van Den, uh, Kevin De Bruyne. I don't know why I keep on saying Van Den Bruyne. But uh, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, vice captain, paid off with uh, Sterling staying staying off the pitch. So, um, yeah, no, an excellent game week. And uh, Mares, of course, my punt from a couple of weeks ago finally came good. But um, yeah, no, I was delighted with the with the game week score. But uh, Marzi, you're next in line in terms of yeah, our I'm game second. Week. I'm but, second because yeah. if you listen to Kylie, she will say she's second with 74 points. But I, I, have, never I, I have to remind her. Yeah, yeah. I had to remind Kylie that she took a minus four, so my 71 trumps the 70 and makes Not. me second place and makes her last place. Let's just be honest. Yeah, so 71 points. I'm happy even though a bit, little bit underwhelmed. If I told you Aguero played a full game, 8-0, you'd think we hit double figures as captainers, but no. But it's fine. Uh, I started with Lundstrom, so um, yeah, they, they got me the points pretty much between them. That's our assist. And yeah, 71 points. I'm happy with that. Green arrow. I don't really care about OR at this stage. Like we said before, um, it's so close and it's too early to look at OR. But yeah, I'm happy. Excellent stuff. Yeah, the uh, I actually was going to mention there. I went at like 1.5 mil move with um with the with the good game week. So uh, so everyone just have a little bit of patience because one good game week or two in a row can uh, can really change your uh, where your ranking is. But uh, Kylie, tell us about your um, sob story from game week five. Can I just point out that Mars was so much more gloaty then about getting one point after I took a hit more than me than you were about getting first place? Did anyone else notice that, listeners? I'm keen to think. Hmm? I'm classy, is he? Mars isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit tacky there. All 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 counts as a win. One point, half a point. It's all Anyway. 
Anyway, I, you can have your, your little moment in the sun there, I'll allow. Anyway, so the hit this week was to remove Sterling and Greenwood for Aguero and Cantwell. Um, I did that move not because I was overly concerned. Um, you know, there was a lot of fear about whether Sterling would play or not, but really it was just because I wanted to get a, a premium striker in to, to give me the flexibility to choose between Aguero and, and Aubameyang. Um, so I did do that. Um, and I had Lundstrom first on my bench. I captained Aguero as, as well. Um, and I had Lundstrom first on my bench and I was expecting him to come in. I was expecting him to come in for Mount. Um, but in fact, he came in for Zinchenko in the end. But it all kind of worked out quite well. Given that Aguero was somewhat disappointing having watched the match, basically what, what Mars said there, I'm pretty happy with, with the outcome. I would have liked more points, but we all always want more points overall. I'm just glad to have survived that game week, to be honest. Excellent. Good stuff. Thanks, Kay. Um, we'll do a quick rundown of the Three Amigos Classic League. The standings of the top five we have still. Top spot is Izzy Wizzy, Get One Busy. Christopher Marshall's team on 441. Uh, Red Bull equals Ings is on 427. That's Killian Gubbins' team. Mav Brar's FBL Mavericks are on 426. And going down slightly is BK Tipkist. Uh, that's uh, Sarah and Ishmael's team on 419. And LA Riot's Evan Guest's team on 418. Wraps out our top five in fifth spot. So well done to all those. Um, Marzi, this time of the show, we always hand our microphone over to you and we allow you to get rid of any of that little angst or that kind of stress that you've got going on in the FBL community at the moment. So uh, take it away, brother. This goes out to all my garage lovers and the people old enough to remember this bad tune. With a little bit of luck and stats, we can make it through FBL. With a little bit of luck, we can make it through the game week. With a little bit of luck, we can make it through the pep roulette. We don't fuss and fight. We should not fuss and fight. Pepe dropping Sterling like a bad man. KDB, the VC, getting goals like a madman. Lonnie coming off the sub and the community shouting, yes, my man. What we're trying to say here, guys, is there's a lot of arguments about FBL being a game of luck or a game of skill. Let's just all agree that it's a game of luck and skill. You got lucky by having KDB vice captain with 17 points, or maybe you were unlucky because you didn't VC him. You don't get lucky with Firefly's captain, KDB. <clears throat> of course you do, because... interrupt your rant, Mars. Can I finish? Never, inter- never, interrupt, never interrupt Mars in his rant, please. Oh, sorry, Mars. One, one, one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could... He's very now, sensitive the, the, skill, the, the skill is anticipating that Sterling might not play and having a good VC. So you, you VC'd KDB. Well done to you. The skill is maybe having Lundstrom... As a first sub, the luck is that he got 12 points. Let's be honest. We, we didn't expect that. Uh, in, in Kylie's case, she thought Mount might not play, but she got lucky and Mount did play. And then Lonnie came in. So, And maybe the unlucky for, for all of us is we captain Aguero instead of Sterling. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of both. Let's just all agree. It's not a game of luck only. It's not a game of skill only. It's, it's a game of both. You need both. Simple as. Mars out. You need you need both. All right, this is gone in, okay, Mars. You need both. <laughs> it's a skill. It's a skill and it's look both both un, unequivocally. I'll, there's there's without a shadow of a doubt. That's both what I said. Both. But the, <laughs> what the vice captain, the vice captain thing 
is nothing lucky at all in it. It's no, literally but the, I think it's a, no. You no, can get lucky. Where, luck. Get unlucky whereby say you have a captain Sterling and if he'd come on for two minutes at the end, then you got unlucky. It's not unlucky to have a vice captain that performs well because that's the point of the vice captain. You get lucky. Yeah, if but you you're, unlucky like if you, no, you're unlucky I if you vice captain. You're unlucky if you vice if captain you, Salah captain instead Mane. of KDB. Yeah, or vice captain Mane. I, I get the point that you're making there. You know, you can quibble over the word lucky, right? But the, the point you're making there, Mars, I think, which I do agree with, is that the skill is in anticipating what could be happening and you're making conscious decisions with the options that you have in terms of how you're setting up to deal with those situations. However, it is completely beyond our control how any given player will perform on the day. So whether KDB goes and gets one assist, no assists, or does what he did and gets 17 points, that is out of your hands. So we might call that luck, right? Because it's not your control. It's not your skill that is getting him those points. Yeah, and we were were unlucky with Aguero. Don out. Hang on a minute. I never remember me saying Don out, okay? I didn't give you time. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's... No, I I know what you're saying. I I agree. But one thing I would say is the reason we had KDB vice captain as opposed to Mane is because we really believed in the Man City fixture and we did think that the Sterling, the Sterling, Sterling getting picked was a risk. But also I would have always captained KDB in that fixture because I was either KDB or Mares. I was definitely going Man City in that game. So it's not lucky to manage to get your vice captain points. And that's why you do have more than one captain choice. That's one problem if you only have one real premium that your captain, that's captainable, is that your your vice captain is likely to be on someone who is less reliable. KDB's on fire. It was a no-brainer, really, to put him as vice. I do know what you're saying. There's going to be some luck in some things where you can have a fortunate second sub coming on or a third sub coming on. Yes, yeah. the, the message is give your vice captain a thought. Make sure that you choose the right people, and also your subs. Your subs need to be in the right order. The ones that play, put them first. Yeah, the ones that you don't believe in. From third on your bench. Yeah, the ones that you believe in. The ones that you believe in, put them first. Then Donka, maybe you don't, but you have him because he plays. Put him last, or or Greenwood, or whatever. Uh, let's move on to the big topic of the week. In this section of the show, we put aside some time to discuss the big talking points in the FPL community on Twitter. This week, there's a lot of talk about luckiness, as we just talked about, and Pep Roulette. Um, the, I guess the, 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 we, we did touch on that in our kind of in our game, five, in game week five summary. Um, the problem with Man City assets has always been kind of second guessing who will get picked and who will get rested. But, um, Kylie, one question I noticed in, in our FBL crate digger was asking, if you were wildcarding this week, which three Man City assets would you have in your squad? Now, I know a lot of players, a lot of managers do have three, but if you were actually wildcarding and you could pick any three, whether it was from Mendy in the defence or Mendy, or any of the midfield options, or, of course, Kun Aguero up top, um, who would you be going for? See, I actually, it's a weird situation, right? Because they're playing so well that in theory I should want three, right? But I I know Mars has um, all that attack with, with the, the kind of pre, three premium, op, premium options in, in terms of Sterling, Aguero and uh, KDB. Um, but 
that can be quite tricky to have if you want other players, right? So in theory, it's it's def- maybe defense and, and a double up, but I'm really not uh, keen on the city defense at the moment. I'm not really keen on premium defense in general. I mean, Otamendi going from being an absolute disaster against Norwich to getting what a goal, an assist and a clean sheet um, against City was just mental. Against City, what am I talking about? Um, against uh, Watford was just kind of crazy. Um, but no, I, I, I don't fancy Mendy. I just think he's really unreliable. I know he has the ability to get great attacking returns, but he just hasn't played enough minutes. I'm not sure of the confidence that Pep has in him, and he's highly injury prone. I'm a Zinchenko owner. I'm now a bit concerned about him, doubly so because of the fact that while he Pep came out and said that, you know, he's played every minute, he got his rest on the weekend, but then he didn't feature in the squad uh, today. And I know some people were a bit concerned about the fact that Sterling started today, but to be honest, I think that's probably a good thing because you wouldn't want him to miss two full matches. He played, what, Setsuka 70 minutes in that match just to keep match fitness, I think. Um, but no, the Zinchenko thing concerns me. I personally would just be swerving City defence at the moment. I just don't feel entirely comfortable about it. And I think, you know, anything can happen with Otamendi. So I would avoid that. I think KDB, for me, is a must. I've had him for quite some time now, and his home form is just insane. He's really captainable at home. He's delivered consistent double-digit returns, um, and he's also delivered away, although maybe I think it was just one away match. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think KDB is superb, and at his price, I think he's the first person I would have in my team sheet. I then would be making a decision between Sterling and Aguero. Uh, I did just make the decision to move from Sterling to Aguero. Um, That's not a long-term decision, I would say. Aguero is the one that's in form at the moment. He's in excellent form. Um, He didn't play midweek in in either week. So I think given his form, given that City are behind um, and that they don't have over-fixture congestion, I think I would be sticking with Aguero for the moment and just ride it out a little bit, but with an eye to the fact that I might move to Aubameyang or move back to Sterling at some point. So I think you go with your preference there. I do think that Sterling is going to play at the weekend. I think that we – I mean, he scored tonight, right? I think that we'll find him – He scored unassisted. Right. Well, there we go. Right. We know what Sterling's capable of. Everton's defence is pretty crap, right? Um, So I think that there's a very good chance that Sterling could do really well. He'll refine that form. I still firmly believe that he will be one of, if not the top scorer for the season, um, you know, in terms of overall FPL points. It's a good point. And I guess that kind of kicks on to the point that I was going to bring to Mars. Um, like Aguero, as you said, could have scored multiple goals the weekend. But would you still like if you were picking between Sterling and Aguero to have in your team one of the two, which one would you be going for? And is that like a short term choice or do you think by season end that you will kind of have changed around between the two players several occasions? It's a tough one. You, you flip a coin between them right now. They're both on form. Um, obviously, it's concerning that Sterling hasn't returned in two games, but I actually agree with Kylie, and I said it on Twitter. Uh, I mean, we're making out that he's an unfit 
player that can't play twice in a week. I mean, he has played twice in a week before. In a week before, he's had his rest, and I'm confident that Pep will see Everton away as a tough, tougher fixture than Watford at home, and he won't gamble and he will play his best team, which means Sterling will play. Will he deliver? We don't know. That's what we don't know. So right now, if you were to ask me, I would say Sterling will probably end up the highest scorer <clears throat> out of the two. But Aguero's on form right now, and I wouldn't be. Uh, I, I'm, I, I wanted Son, and I was going to ditch one of them, but then I decided that, uh, as Kylie said, I've, I've got the three. I think you can have any three. Uh, you know, KDB plus at least one. Really, what, what's important is that you have at least one or two playing bench players. Now we have the this flexibility with, L- with Lundstrom, with uh, Cantwell. Uh, and you need, and and it allows you to have because look, these guys will probably miss one game only, so you will just be unlucky and you hope that like this week, Lonny comes in with twelve, and you have a good vice captain. If you're unlucky, you just get a two pointer, but you just need to deal with it because you can't second guess and you can't keep switching between players. I think we said you need to have patience, and I think with City you need to pick two or three players and just stick with it. Now, where I don't agree with Kylie is I think. Although I moved off to Jinko because I was worried, I do think City's defence, with the fixtures coming, with the home game, especially, let's say, even after Everton, I think Otamendi is a great shot, especially for people who have Zinchenko. That sideway move paid off for their owners. And I think City will keep a few clean sheets because they're playing teams that honestly will not attack them or won't score against them at home. Highly likely not to anyway. Uh, and Otamendi has a threat. He, he can score, he can assist, he's always involved. So I think he, he could be. So you could have like KDB, Sterling and Otamendi. Or if you, what I've done is go KDB, Sterling, Aguero. But you can even have a Silva or a Bernardo or a Mares. You just need to know that there could be a game where they don't, one of these guys don't play. If you're unlucky, two of them don't play, which is why what I'm saying it's KDB or maybe KDB, Sterling plus one, because then mm. highly likely Sterling won't be benched again for a while anyway. Um, yes. Let's see what happens. But uh, that's why I'll say, I'd say you need to just kind of live with it and hope that your bench comes in when they don't play that game. Mm. I mean, there's a good chance of Bernardo Silva, David Silva or Mares will probably, if you just leave them in long term, they will return like it's just that you're going to have up and down weeks really with them. Alrighty then, let's kick on with the listener question section of the show. Um, we got a lot in, so we're going to try to cover them all and hopefully we won't miss anybody. Uh, Liam at FBL Beer Lover was asking about Sterling, wonder whether sellers would regret their decision. We did kind of cover off the Man City options a good lot earlier on. Um, um, I think that people will. Um, and I think that selling right after he's been rested is probably exactly the wrong time to, um, to sell Sterling. Um, as much as Aguero does appeal, obviously. Uh, Jimmy Mac and Cheese, uh, Marzi, come to you on this one. If we want in on Leicester, can we go for Madison or is it Vardy or Bust? Don, no, that was I think the we... one you were supposed to come to me on because I did the research. But oh. well, Ky- Kylie, you're supposed to do research on more than one question. Right? <laughs> he didn't do research on any. Kylie, I can start and you just jump in. Of course, I didn't even read them. <laughs> Except I literally just said it to you, Don, like one minute ago. Anyway, he's on. so high and stoned on 84 points, he doesn't even know where he is right now. <laughs> oh I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on 16%. I'm desperate for the toilet is, and it's freezing is, out here. Better answer. The percentage is going down, so you better answer the question. I'm not editing this. This is all going in the show, so just get a shuffle on. <laughs> no, well, we... Well, we <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, don't edit it. I don't mind. Um, so what we said the last pod is um, Madison can cover for Vardy, I believe, and he's shown that he can. I think Madison is probably the only one in Leicester that can cover for Vardy. Um, <clears throat> just because he, he's on form, the way he's playing on set pieces, uh, the way they're setting up, and just his involvement. Um, I think uh, what one or either of the one or the other will be um, n- not essential, but a, a, a definitely good move for the upcoming fixtures, especially from after the Liverpool game. Kylie, I think you have some stats on that. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely little segue that was, Vazi. Thank you. Very smooth. Um, yeah, I, I did have a look at it, right, because um, it is a tricky one. I mean, we could, we know we could immediately discount Perez, the dreaded Perez and uh, Tielemans, but we know that Leicester have, well, they have a great next fixture, then they have Liverpool, and then they have a beautiful run. So, you know, it is kind of almost time to, to start buying. Um, you know, on the face of it, we know that Vardy has three goals and one assist, Madison has uh, one goal and two assists. Um, So looking at the numbers, it's actually really, really interesting, right? So Madison has a much, much higher uh, baseline BPS than Vardy. And that is really, really strange because if you look at the number of attempts, it's mind-boggling, right? Nine for Vardy since the, you know, across all of the game weeks and 20 for Madison. 20 attempts. Now, only nine of them were in the box, six of them were blocked, and only three of them were on target. So, as you can see, his shot accuracy has not been great. And the reason I say that's interesting in terms of that that BPS is because usually we see with players like Salah and so on, when they're taking a lot of shots and and they're not very accurate, they tend to be penalised quite heavily for that. so he's taking a lot more shots than Vardy. So of Vardy's nine attempts, five of them were on target. And, of course, we know he scored three times, right? Um, so I guess the thing I would say with Madison in terms of the shooting is that it, on the one hand, it's good to see that he's shooting more, right, because that's what people want to see. They want to see him more heavily involved in the game. And I think when you're watching his matches, you are seeing that anyway. You just really want to see him improve that that accuracy. But, I mean, he is winning out on um, chances created. He's got 11 chances created, um, which is much more creative than Vardy. So I'd kind of take it as a positive that he's getting more involved. He's cheaper than Vardy. And I think where it's the really key thing for me, if I was looking at it, is that at that price point, there's not – really a lot that's attractive in midfield. You kind of mount and then you're sort of up to, to Son unless you go to one of the Silvers, um, particularly with Martial being injured and so on. So he's a nice price point in the midfield, whereas Vardy, there's a lot of competition for uh, places, you know, with the strikers, with so many performing, sort of Abraham, Wilson, all of these. We don't usually have that many options and maybe you can't quite stretch to Vardy. So I think that Madison, given the fixtures, given what we've seen in the numbers, there's enough there for me to think that he's absolutely a viable option. Excellent stuff. Talking about spreading the love. Talking about spreading the love. You can see the sheet on the research. Yeah, he basically said what I said. It basically said what I said based on the eye test. But talking about spreading the love, you could have medicine and Firmino, medicine and Firmino to cover Liverpool as well. And then you cover Liverpool and Leicester. The, the, the thing that I find really interesting, actually, and I, and I think it will be interesting, is we have Vardy, Abraham, 
Puki, Aguero, Aubameyang, even Kane, all with good fixtures. And you have to choose between those, depending yeah. on your budget yeah. and depending on who and you Wilson. want to have. Wilson as well. Sorry, did I miss him? Sorry, Wilson as well. He did, um, yes. Yeah. And even people like Halla and Barnes, if they start, because they, yeah. they all have good fixtures. So you kind of have to choose who to. So I was looking at a potential wildcard and I was like, Right, I don't even like they all have good fixtures at the same time. So it's gonna be really essential that you look at the form and pick the ones that are on hot form rather than good fixtures. My 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 dilemma is who do I trust more? An Aguero, Aubameyang, or Vardy? And I would say I'll trust Aguero and Aubameyang more. They are more explosive in my opinion, based on what we've seen, than for example a Vardy. Now when it comes to Madison, there's some I know what you say about his price. However, a lot of people are going for the Salah Omane, KDB, Sterling, and now even Son. Where do you fit Madison? Because he doesn't come in as a fourth or a fifth because you need a cheaper guy like a McGinn or a Cantwell. So, you, again, you have to make a choice. You're going to have to either let go of Salah Omane or go only one of KDB, for example, to fit a Madison in as a third or a fourth midfielder. Again, who do you trust more? But Madison. I think the same goes for, for Vardy. It's very hard for it's, people, it's, and people are not finding. Yeah, well, is. well, you know, I, I think it is. And to what you were saying with respect to explosiveness, I mean, Vardy's had nine attempts in total over six game weeks. I don't know, for nine million, I, I, I know he's quite clinical, but I would want That's more. That's not explosive. Exactly. No, That's my point. I, I don't, I'm agreeing I don't with you. Him. I'm supporting oh. that. Mars is arguing with himself. You must sound a charger for your phone or something, did you? Sorry? Because <laughs> you're waffling. <laughs> uh, um, next, next question was from FBL Rogue. Um, they were actually talking about the three best city players. So um, we, we did touch on that earlier on Bernardo Silva, David Silva. Um, we mentioned that both of the Silvas really are good options. I think if you're just going to leave them there and not kind of tinker too much, not be trying to jump off one or the other and just kind of leave them, um, they will return big for their, for their price tags because both of them are relatively cheap. Um, especially David Silva, which I think is fantastic value this season. Um, Jamie Dodd, JD Sucre was. I'm sorry, can I just interrupt? How did you not mention the, the important ones there? Because we already, what are you talking about? Because you, you said to, we've already answered that our answer is the two silvers. No, I didn't. You totally did. No. Am I hearing no, things? No, he, he's, he's, he, he said the dude asked That's about the, the two silvers. Question. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Please don't edit. Don't, just don't edit. Oh just put God. it out there. I think so. We are all delirious. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry, Don. Jamie was asking about um, did Don <laughs> Maris and if he did, will Kylie and Maris eat some humble pie? Well, Jamie, I'm sure you heard all the adoration I got earlier on from my fantastic score. And on a serious note, what to do with Dinier? So, um, Kylie, what about Dinier? Yeah. I'm definitely going to get rid. I'll I just have to decide when and how and whether or not I want to bank a transfer for this week. I have one used already of my two free transfers, but um, Dinier, he's burning a hole in my team. I just want to get rid. Um, the the yeah. Everton are really bad and they don't look like any clean sheets and he's nobody to pass the ball to. So it's pretty much a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I'm the exact same boat as well um, with Dinier. I did want to hold him. Um, but there's money there and it, 
you know, that, that could be used somewhere else. Um, the, the challenge for me as well is when do I do it? Do I hold similarly? Do I hold um, save a transfer this week and then do it next week where I can use that money more effectively in my team? Because I'm just not inspired by defence other than Trent in general at the moment. Um, so, I, I mean, I had a look at him from game week one to game week three and then uh, game week four to game week six, just to get a bit of a comparison. Obviously, the big statistic we're aware of there is that in the first three game weeks, they only conceded two goals. In the last three game weeks, it was seven goals. So there's a huge disparity there in terms of their defensive performances. Um, so we know that realistically, if you're holding on to Dinier, you're holding on to him on the total hope of um, attacking returns. Yeah, exactly. And he is absolutely capable of a great free kick. He's also create a, a creative player. So, you know, you will get, like, he will score and he will get assists. But will he do that enough to counteract the fact that he's not at, what, 6.2 million getting you any clean sheets? And let's be real, watching Everton at the moment, I don't see where the clean sheet's coming from like at all. It's just a little bit soul-destroying. You're just kind of sitting there in anguish waiting for the inevitable to happen. Um, there's not a huge difference in in his kind of creativity. So the last three weeks, he's um, had 10 pen penalty area touches, six chances created. The first three weeks, it was six penalty area touches, seven chances created. It's there, thereabouts. So you you could kind of take that as a measure. We're probably every few games going to see some sort of attacking return. He certainly looked, as far as I'm concerned, the most attacking slash creative player on that team. But as you rightly pointed out there, Don, he needs someone to convert the chances. And, I mean, where is Siggy in that team? Ken's not really working for them. Calvert-Lewin decided to score tonight. I think he got two goals. But he can't do absolutely anything in the, the Premier League. So I think Everton are in trouble. And I would be looking, you know, if you are someone who wants to go Otamendi uh, and you've got confidence in City defence and you don't have a triple up already, you could go them. Or otherwise, I would maybe be looking at a downgrade. Obviously, Lundstrom, if you don't have him, you, you should have him. But there are plenty of viable 4.5s there, uh, a few that, that could work in a rotation scenario. Um, and I think we have a later question that, that touches on those, so we will look at those then. But, yes, I would be looking at shipping him out. Good stuff, yeah. And um, who else? Dom, FBL DJ Dom J was actually asking a similar question about Dinier and Otto Mende. Um, Otamendi as a as a choice. I think Otamendi is a good a good choice if you do have a third city spot. Um, I'd be probably more of the opinion of um, of you, Kylie, that I'm not really thinking they're particularly worth the value. Um, but 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 um, you know, as a but I do agree with Mars fixtures says it all. Really, the the Man City fixtures and Otamendi is always a good attacking risk or an attacking threat, I should say. Um, let's see who else have we got here. Adam P. So, uh, Marzi, three five. Who was asking? Who are the three best four point five defenders? Um, another question is: Is Firmino criminally underrated as an FPL asset? And what are Arsenal? He was also trying to take a guess of what your rant might be, but uh, he unfortunately, Adam, you failed on with both of your guesses on that one. But uh, Marzi, what do you think on those questions? 
So 4.5s, you've got quite a few options. Uh, <clears throat> I think Villa have got a, a good run coming, so Minks could be an option, although they were absolutely awful defending in the second half against Arsenal. Uh, you've got Burnley boys, you could easily double up. I think uh, that's something you're looking at, Don, um, mm. yeah. with, with their fixtures. Um, I actually really like uh, the look of Chelsea fixtures, and it's a gamble, but um, I, I'm, I've gone for tomorrow or tomorrow or whatever that dude's name is. Um, to be honest, the way I'm looking at it, so what I've done is I've taken Dinia out um, and VVD, unfortunately, because I wanted to spend money somewhere else, so I brought in Abraham. And to, to fund that, I've basically gone with Aurier and Tomori. I think Tomori is pretty much set in that Chelsea team because of the injuries that they have, so I think he'll be playing, and I think they have good fixtures against teams that they should be keeping clean sheet. We know Chelsea haven't been doing that, so it's a gamble. Aurier has looked really good quite attacking as well. Now, it's always a gamble with the wing-backs at Spurs. But the way, what we said before is have a bench that plays. So, let's say I'll start with Aurier and Lundström will be on the bench. If Aurier doesn't play, I know Lundström will. Uh, same with Mings. Mings have good fixtures. At the moment, I think he's second on my bench. So, if I need him, he should step in. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not even going to think too much about the defence because we just said, like, the, the premiums are not really de- delivering. Okay, of course, Trent is, but uh, right now, Right now, I'm not going down that route. So if you if you want to downgrade, just look at the fixtures, look at the teams that are strong at home. Because at a 4.5, what you ideally want is a clean sheet at home. Anything else you get is a bonus. So there's yeah. there's quite a few options there. I was just going to jump in with one more there. Uh, West Ham at 4.5. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, you yeah, can get thanks. Up and Fabianski broke all our hearts last season, but they are on a, a three-game run of clean sheets and they do have some nice fixtures. So, I think kind of like what you were saying there Mazi, uh, now is maybe a time where it makes sense to to drop down some of your premium defenders if they're only returning some of them like 4.5 defenders. Um and you can actually get a reasonable uh, rotation at the moment with some of those, um, you know, Burnley, West Ham, Villa, and the, the likes of them, or Chelsea or, you know, Leicester, they, they'll have well, I've, I've decided, Yeah, I've decided to take a gamble because I've still got my wild card. So for a, for a short term, mm. I've gone with cheaper defenders. If it works, brilliant, because I've got a strong six up front. If it doesn't, then I'll look, I'll reassess. And then, you know, on my wild card, definitely, like we said before, Trent will be one of the first names that goes in, uh, just because he's absolutely worth it. Um, and then that's it. If you still have your wild card or if you want to take a couple of gambles, I mean, Chelsea do have a really good fixture, good fixtures coming up. And like I said, tomorrow is set at 4.5. He's a defender in a top six team. Yes, they've been a bit shaky, but they are not playing top teams coming up. So let's see. They're playing teams actually that are not scoring a lot. Top you know, six, like your Brighton. Top six team, Mersey. They're not a top six team. They're a mid-table team. <laughs> Well, okay, historically Chelsea are a top You know what I mean. Their defence is pants. Their defence is average. I'm pretty sure it's the second worst, isn't it? Or it was last week or something. I saw a stat about that. Well, I'm I'm sure that... Well, it can only only improve. ...clean sheet and an assist in the game. I'm going to hear all about it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Once it's not live while we're recording. (laughs) Look... Look, I've always, I've always said, when you come to pick those players, if you're not sure, look at who they're playing. Are they playing at home? They're playing, te- like I said, they're playing teams that are not scoring a lot. So it's a, it's a, it's a good chance to actually jump on a 4.5 if you want to go down that way. I'm not saying you should. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to spend my money up front and in the field because I just love goals. 
So yeah, I decided no, to I take think, that. I, I decided to take that. It's the same with the Spurs boys. Oh yeah, you know they've got teams like Southampton, you know, and these guys that have shown away from home. They're not really okay. Southampton, I think, did against Burnley, but they're not. They're not the free scoring team, so they should be able to keep a few clean sheets at that price. I want one in two, for example. Hopefully mm. more because they are better players and better team overall. And clean sheet is about a team. But it, it's a risk. I'm not denying that. But I think it's a risk worth taking, in my opinion. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and I think it's the direction that we all look to be going in anyway. Uh, because, I mean, last week I moved from Van Dyke down to a 4.5. Dinier's going to be going probably down to a 4.5. I won't be getting rid of Trent, but I'm doing the same thing. I want that money up front where I can get goals because that's where the fun's happening right now. And I mean, in fairness to Mars, it's more, it's probably more likely that Chelsea, getting a member of the Chelsea back line will get you more clean sheet yeah. points in the next five than even, say, West Ham will, as much as they're on a run at the moment, or Aston Villa will. So at yeah. that price point, if he's going to be starting every game, um, why not with both, uh, with both Origi and with, uh, and with Tamari? Um, top six FBL, um, Kylie, uh, Stubbs. Now, I, I had, he had lost We didn't, we didn't answer stuff. Adam's question about Firmino. We didn't answer Adam's question about Firmino. Touched on it earlier, but just quickly to say, I do think Firmino is at the moment underrated, but I think it's, my issue with him is as a Liverpool player, I absolutely love him. As an FBL asset, he's on form right now, but I don't think for his price, he gets it right now, he is, but will he continue to do that? I'm just not sure. So I think right now, if you want to gamble and you have a wild card or you fancy a gamble and you want to drop Salah and go for Firmino, no problem because he's on form. But I don't think it's a long-term thing. And what are Arsenal, Marzi? Yeah, Arsenal. Hmm, I don't know. Arsenal is exactly what we said before. They're one team that can just uh, blow you away with some great football, but they absolutely cannot defend to save their life. They got lucky, to be honest, but hey, who cares? They got the three points. So that's what Adam can tell me more about Arsenal. He knows much more than I do. Much more. Yeah. Uh, top six FBL, Kylie um, subs. He had Lundstrom third sub, so lost out. If he's in your squad, should he be in the 11, given that he's a short starter out of position with an attacking threat? Um, is there also is there more value in having playing subs as optional coverage, or is it just too annoying if they return? We kind of had this last season, I think, with Juan Bissaka, whereby the danger was that you had a cheap defender, you planned on having him as your bench, but he was outscoring your starters. Um, what's your thinking on Lundstrom as a starter at this point? Yeah, I mean, there are people who have him as a full-time starter. Um, and, and generally that's to, that's because maybe they've got Rico, uh, Mars, I think falls into this category. Um, and, you know, maybe a few other really cheap ones. So, you know, it can happen. It, you know, it can work. And there are going to be times when he gets these 12 pointers. Uh, this is his second double digit haul. But what I would say is that I wouldn't anticipate that to be on the regular. I think it'll also be, uh, cushioned with a lot of one or twos. So I think he's an ideal first sub on the bench unless he's got a really good fixture, in which case he comes in. I personally wouldn't want to have him as a permanent fixture in my starting 11, and I'm aware that there will be risks in, uh, you know, associated with, with having him on the bench because there may be times, you know, I don't tend to go to my bench 
that often. It's rare enough, so I don't usually get bench points. Um, it was a nice exception this weekend with Lundstrom. Um, and so, yeah, uh, for me, I would kind of have him as as primarily first first on the bench um, and sub him in when it looks like a really nice game. Um, and then it, just in terms of the wider bench thing, yeah, I've been stung on that a lot. Last year was a bit of a funny one with Wambisaka. I bought Doherty really early. Um, I had Burnley defence and I was just kind of getting hammered with all these points on, on the bench and that they weren't coming in. So it can be really frustrating having that situation. But by the same token, as we sort of said earlier, if you're going heavy on teams that are kind of prone to rotation, City being the key one, and you've multiple assets from that team, it is wise to have a playing bench. Maybe don't have yeah. like an obscenely great one, but yeah. With all the cheap options out there too, there's no real reason why you wouldn't have a playing bench. No, there bench. isn't. Yeah. Um, Guys, I've got to yeah. love you and leave you right now. Um, my phone is You're at being 1%. cut off. My, I've got to love you and leave you because my phone is on 1%. Um, okay. So, yeah. Um, good luck Mar- in the jungle. Good luck. <laughs> and, um, good luck with the, with the German lady. And, um, <laughs> Avoid all the spitting German ladies. <laughs> really oh, she's so not bad. even German. She's oh, well, German, in Germany. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know who I'm captaining this week, by the way. It's either Aguero or Abraham, and I've already made my moves. Maza, good luck. <laughs> um, Kylie will wrap up our listener questions here so um, Liam at FBL Beer Lover we touched on the Sterling sellers regretting their decision yes we believe they will uh, Shashank Patol was wondering about now they, he was wondering about for his team it's kind, of, it's kind of tough one without actually seeing his squad but he's debating now whether to take hits and then wildcard after the international break or wildcard now and then basically kind of tweak the team after the international break which one with limited information are you thinking is the best strategy oh god well I can't say what would be the best strategy, but I can say what I would be more inclined to do, and that would be probably delay my wild card. Uh, I wouldn't be taking an abundance of hits, but I, I have no objection to taking a hit or two, um, simply because I think this is a time where you can be quite experimental with your team. Mars touched on it earlier. We do have such a wealth of options, and that's quite unusual compared to the last couple of seasons where we've seen everything so templatey just because there's a lack of performing options elsewhere, um, but not so at the moment. There are so many options in attack, so in primarily in midfield and um, forwards, both premium and affordable. And a lot of them have really good fixtures over the next period. So for me, I would really struggle. I feel like with a wild card, I'm wanting to commit to something. And I'm not sure that I would be ready to commit to a decision just yet, which is why I would probably be delaying my wild card further. I'm kind of happy with my team, but also happy to change it piecemeal at the moment while I see if these players settle into a distinct run of form that kind of looks somewhat sustainable or I see something that makes me think, yeah, okay, I want X, Y, and Z players in my team right now and that would cause me to push the wildcard button. I, I also don't like the idea of wildcarding before an international break. 
Yeah, the international break is designed perfectly to, and it's uh, fixture wise, it, it looks nice for a wild card in that, um, in that international break. You've got a lot more decisions and you can be more proactive and try to get ahead of fixtures as opposed to just kind of, um, nearly adapting to the template, um, as it's, or the current, the form template. I shouldn't say it's a template because obviously the Twitter template is different than the overall picture. It's, uh, it's also injuries with the, like, Wildcarding before an international break, you know, mm. anything can happen with injuries. So I'd be a bit nervous about that. Yeah. Um, Jason Donnie was asking, Siggy has got to go. He'll have 7.7 in the bank and he's wondering about transfers in. He's thinking Mount Madison or Marshall a fit. Um, I think from our discussion earlier on, I think we'd all be probably agreed on Madison of those. Um, Mount. Oh, like, I'm a Mount lover. You know, we are, but I, I personally, if you were looking at from for the fixtures point of view and which one is kind of, you know, in terms of a key man for his team, I probably would be thinking Madison will be more reliable if you're trying to go away from the ultra unreliable Siggy. Um, Madison, Madison is now Mount. I'm really impressed with Mount, obviously, and Marshall when he comes back, um, could be, um, could return to the way he was starting off the season. But um, probably of those, I'm going with Madison anyway. So um, that's my answer, Jason. Well, I think Mount has outperformed Madison. He has, of course. But I'm saying yeah. we're 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 not getting the points, of course, that they've scored. It's what's going ahead, and I think that if you're looking at the form Very at the moment, done. that's what I would be thinking. Okay. Either <laughs> um, <laughs> is a good option. Then it is the thing. Don't go near Martial. Bottom line: when you have an option like Madison or Mount or whoever, don't go near Martial. Yeah. Um, Hadi El Amori was asking what's wrong with Zaha. And um, while Mars replied on the Three Amigos FBL <laughs> podcast account, he um, he said, no idea. We'll discuss. I still have no idea. So, Hadi, I really don't know. Unless you have a something and you're really kind of wondering whether to hold on or not, I wouldn't be holding on to anyone from Crystal Palace. Full stop. So uh, that's what I w- would say with that. Kylie, you don't have anything in mind. No, I would, okay. I would completely uh, back up your statement. I have no idea. And <laughs> I th- think the fact that we've all almost forgotten about Zaha in general says enough about that situation. I'd be moving on. There are lots of good options. And if you do own and draft, do try to trade them. <laughs> but uh, the cool story um, was, actually, this is a bit of a philosophical one, but um, hopefully it's not too late, Kylie, and we'll be able to do a quick philosophical answer on this. But um, to do with, should we spend more time mulling over captaincy versus who to transfer in next game week? If you nail it, you're effectively mitigating the wrong non-captain transfer that week. Um, default picking Salah, Sterling, Aguero might be leaving too much on the table. So, um, so what's your thinking? Maybe to dig into the da- the stats and come up with your clever captain pick and try to nail that every week. Um, obviously it's made a massive difference this season. Even going between Salah and Sterling, for instance, you, um, I've ended up on the wrong side of that multiple times. What are you thinking on that? Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, obviously bringing in new players, um is really helpful way of, of climbing ranks and so on. But let's be real, your captain represents over the course of a season represents an enormous chunk of the points that you have. And if you have a look at the people who've had really strong starts, uh, generally speaking, they have nailed their captain decision. Um, and, and those of us who have 
you know, maybe started really strongly and got the captaincy right, but, you know, then a couple of weeks without getting the captaincy right and it's okay but not amazing, I, I really do think the captain shout does account for a lot. I think you really need a balance of both, but I think sometimes maybe we we do um, kind of take the lazy approach with captain. Yeah, well, sometimes we do kind of do a set and forget, I think, with the captain, mm. where it's, it, it could be worth digging in. And as much as it is very hard to predict, though, sometimes yeah. it's, it's a player with a better fixture um, doesn't do as well, even though he's a top-quality player, doesn't do as well as another player. So it is kind of hard to nail down. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, if you can do that, then you'll have a lot of success if you do nail that captain pick every week. Um, Justin FBL was talking about is Aurier worth the rotation risk well Mars certainly thinks so I would be less of the case because I'm not really keen on the Spurs defence are you agreeing with me there Kylie? Yeah I think it's a trap not a fan Um, was it Aurier who had three foul throw-ins in a row once I just Mm. always remember that statistic Um, yeah I'm no, I know he has done well on attacking returns and he, it's since he's been playing, but um, I think their injuries are kind of becoming slightly less problematic. So the the rotation may be back. Um, I I just don't think that I want to pay in much the same way. I don't want to pay for a premium who's delivering at the rate of a four point five. I don't want to pay five for you know, someone I'm not sure is going to play when I can just pay 4.5 for it. Um, And I'm not that confident about Tottenham's defence in general anyway. No, same as that for from even the goalkeeper or the defenders. I'm not that keen on them. Um, The Paul Dutty was asking, now he had a a triple header of questions, um, but following his rest last weekend, decreasing ownership and excellent fixture list is now the perfect time to transfer out Sterling, wink, wink. Uh, So um, Paul, I think, uh, agrees that it's it's likely to to be exactly the wrong time to transfer out Sterling. But um, but yeah, no, I I think I I'm fully on board with uh, with the Sterling train. So hopefully he will he will make those sellers pay in uh, in game week. Like six. me. Yeah, like you. <laughs> um, talking about then the Chelsea fixture run a trap. I wouldn't think it's a trap in terms of attacking players because I think that Chelsea against Liverpool indeed and and every game really this season they've looked good in attacking point of view I would think that personally I think that it's a trap in terms of defence I got in Emerson on my wild card it was one of my kind of punts um, because he'd look good in defence and he's good value and with Chelsea and I went right the, this could look like a, it could be a clever move to get ahead of the trend but um, that didn't work out because well through injuries as well but mainly because Chelsea just can't keep a, fi- a clean sheet to save their life so um, personally, I would think in defence, yes, the trap in an attack. No, not at all. I think there's multiple options, um, especially Abraham and Trap and uh, Mount, of course. Um, yeah, I would about, agree. Is Firmino, um, the Paul was saying, is Firmino a valid alternative to Salah for the difficult fixtures following Sheffield United? What do you think on that? Um, I know Marley touched on Firmino. As um as an FBL asset, but what you're thinking on could people rotate sell Salah to get in um I don't know to fight, to bring in Son for instance, and then bring in Firmino to upgrade on on a cheap cheap forward up front. What are you thinking on that one? Um, 
I think the one one comment that Marzi made that I I would agree with is as someone who does have a wild card still, I'd probably be more comfortable making that move because I have a wild card and can rectify. I think if I didn't have a wild card, it's not something that I can imagine myself doing. I would probably err on the side of caution and stick with one of Salah or Mane simply because we know what Liverpool are capable of. Um, but I, I do have to admit, I, I find Firmino quite enticing an option because he just has I mean he's a superb player he's a beautiful smile know what you're about to say it's like friends from Ross you know uh, friends from Ross (laughs) (laughs) Ross from friends Um, yeah yeah, I'm losing the ability to speak English but um, the whitening of the teeth is alarming but he is playing so so well and he's playing really consistently um, at the, you know, in ter- from an FPL perspective at the moment. He is on a run, um, but we have talked about him being streaky and perhaps this is a new element of his game now this season or perhaps it is just another streak. It's too early for us to know. I think you, particularly if maybe you're um, looking, if, if you've gone for a premium or you've raised a bit of money and, you you know, somewhere in midfield and you can't quite go up to a premium in, in your striker and you're willing to give him a bit of a go, then I could see you doing quite well out of it. But I don't think it's a long-term alternative to Salah or Mane. Yeah. No, I don't think so. But he might be an alternative to the likes of Vardy or someone yes, like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, on par with them. Um, after Andre L was asking, after a good game week, he put his wild card back in his pocket, looking for a mid-price replacement for Lanzini, considering Mount or Madison. Um, so to Andre will answer Mount on that one. What do you think, Kylie? Since we answered Madison on the other one, just to throw yeah, it out, yeah, <laughs> just to mix it up. Uh, yeah. Mount looks excellent. Madison looks excellent. Go with the gut. I think uh, both will get returns over the coming period. They both have good also, fixtures. Also, uh, if you have coverage, if you have Abraham up front, I go Madison. Right. And, yeah. Um, Diversify. Um, same thing to replace Dinier. So um, the Dinier thing Andre was worrying about as well, and we have covered that off quite a lot. I think we're we're all agreeing that it's time to get rid of Dinier and Everton assets. Um, speaking of that, Papi Shark was asking, is Marco Silva done at Everton? Personally, um, it looks like the players aren't playing for him anymore and the crowd are definitely starting to get on top of them. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, if if he's if he doesn't have long left there, and uh, they go back to David Moyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. I, 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 it's not looking positive, there, is it? No, it looks like a sinking ship, really, um, and it breaks my heart. Um, FBL <laughs> Dyke was asking about Dinier and Barnes. Uh, that is a long waiting time. Who are the best replacements outside of City and Liverpool? Um, we did cover off Otamendi and a good few of the like West Ham, Villa, um, who else? West Ham, Villa, Burnley. Who else? Burnley. Yeah, there's a lot, lot of options really in terms of the 4.5s. And even if you do want to, like, you know, as, as Mars has mentioned with, um, with Tamori from Chelsea, there is a lot of options really outside of them. But um, but that I would be moving away from Dinier Barnes. Wise, Kylie, I'm I've had Barnes and Pookie up front now for the last 
two game weeks haven't done anything for me. They've like appearance points in both. Um, the Barnes train looks like it may have derailed, but I'm personally going to leave him a little bit longer because the Barnes fixture list looks very, very tasty. Um, or the Barnes, as I say, the Burnley fixture list looks very tasty. Um, so I think he will return and I think these blanks are what you pretty much expect from a forward of his price tag. You're going to expect some down weeks and I'm hoping he's getting them out of the way. What are you thinking on Barnsey? Completely agree. Um, people who are expecting, uh, you know, him to average out a goal every week, it's, it's really unrealistic. Top strikers don't get that average over the course of 38 game week season. So, um, there absolutely will be little spells where they're not doing well. But, um, I, I think that Barnes has always been quite consistent for me in the past and I think he delivers really well for that price so I think he'll continue to get good value out of him and they do still have good fixtures so I would be sticking with him and and Phil at Hindu Monkey I believe he's still sticking with him um so you know I I think it's fine for now his uh Barnes captain in um in the last yes indeed yeah hurt um but you know you, you live you live by the sword you die by the sword sometimes isn't it That's um it. Another, another question fbl diaper was asking about now i know that you discussed earlier on your move to aguero because it gave you a lot of flexibility but that's what he's basically asking is that is a time we start looking at the premium strikers and i know that's what you've done it gives you the flexibility to be able to kind of move from aguero to Aubameyang if Kane was to um, move back maybe three years in his age and become the forward that he used to be. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, you know, it gives you more flexibility. So um, I think we did cover that off Kylie earlier on. And I think the main point of it is, is if you do have those budget forwards, is not to have the expectations that they're going to provide the amount of goals that Aguero does or um, right. or yeah. you just have to accept that you're going to have the up weeks and down weeks with them. Um, Nick at FBL Kiwi Nick was talking about the best Zinchenko replacement. Um, I didn't really mention it, Ron, but I do definitely think if I was Zinchenko owner of all the players really in FBL at the moment, I would be most concerned with him. I know that Pep likes him, and I know he definitely likes him more than um, than than uh, Shark Team, whom I'm thinking of. Yeah, but but I do think that it will with with them options there. Um, I don't think and like Mendy did play in the game where they were literally were lashing in goals for fun. Um, against yeah, only forty six minutes, I think. Yeah, uh, they were all rotated. Yeah. In terms of you know, um, and I think he was taken off because he was just being eased into it. It was like a pre. It was like an under twenty three game. Um, Pep did basically against Watford's Premier League team. But the, you know, just basically bringing him in to kind of warm him up. And so I think Zinchenko, it would definitely be a rotation risk. And if you're going to cite and leave one Man City um, option that you might, you know, in defense that might never come on or might just have a full game off. I don't, I don't, I personally don't want to do it. Um, You know, if it's another player, I don't mind, but I don't want to have a Man City defender and one of my three slots for Man City taken up by somebody who might or might not play. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I have Zinchenko. This is the challenge is I'm trying to offload both Zinchenko and Dinier. Um, and so this is what will determine when I get rid of Dinier, I guess, um, because I am concerned about Zinchenko. I do have a bench to cover myself this week uh, with fairly decent fixtures. So 
I, I still think I'm probably erring on the side of, of holding my transfer um, and, and seeing what the story is with Zinchenko. And then, you know, if I have to get rid of Zinchenko next week, uh, which I probably will do anyway, I'll, I'll get rid of one of him or Dinier, depending on how ultra concerned I am. Um, but I think I'm going to be making that those moves regardless of, of whether I feel concerned about Zinchenko at you know, based on all the things that we discussed earlier. But certainly the fact that he wasn't in the squad at all for tonight's match or on the weekend, that I find quite concerning. If it was just a genuine rest, surely he's, you know, missing one and then at least featuring on the bench for another. But we do know that Pep has other options. And as you said, it's not that I don't think Zinchenko won't feature for the rest of the season, but I don't think he's not going to play Mendy. Um, so they could just be like a Tottenham fullback rotation situation coming up. That's a good analogy. Yes, indeed. Um, and you mentioned there that that is basically where your kind of game week plans because our mm. final section, which of course we look at our plans and our captain picks um, for the coming game week. But um, I think all three of us, funny enough, it's our defence that we're kind of looking at in terms of our game week plans. We have Dinier, we have uh, Zinchenko. We, I had Emerson and we basically kind of have these defensive options that are, that we seem to be kind of shuffling around and trying to figure out who we're going to go with. Um, but, um, tell us what is going to be your captain pick for the coming game week. I think this is possibly the toughest week so far for captaincy for me. I'm really, really not sure because, um, I have Aguero and Bruyne away to Everton. Um, now, Aguero has been unusually prolific away from home this season. Um, usually he's very much a home bird and, and it, you, you tend to get like an astonishing difference between his goal rate away and at home. Um, and De Bruyne has certainly been performing at his peak at home as well. But I still think either of them could be respectable options. I'd probably go Aguero of the two. Uh, simply for, for penalties and because he's taking more shots. Uh, I think if it was at home, it'd be harder. Um, and then there's Salah as well. But you know what? Like Sheffield are, are very respect, uh, respectable in defence. Um, Salah's not exactly scoring loads of goals at the moment. Um, so I'm really not sure, but I, I will probably err on the side of Man City just because of the energy that they have going at the moment and counting solely on how crap defensively Everton are. They're t- they, yeah, no, I'm 100%. Yeah, I'm on Sterling as my captain. Um, I would which... captain Sterling, actually, if if I had him. I, I think he could be a good option. I think he'll want to be back into scoring ways. Well, probably if, as much as us FBL managers didn't enjoy if we own Sterling and seeing him miss completely uh, an 8-0 route, um, it would probably avert a player like Sterling if we imagine when we used to play football ourselves and you'd see a match like that and he's not even featuring it. He'd want to be in there to try to get a couple of goals, to try to get top goal scorer, no doubt. Um, because a player of his quality is going to be looking for those kind of accolades. So, um, you yeah, know, I think Sterling, I think he will hammer Everton at the weekend. So uh, hopefully, anyway. 
And that's all we got time for on tonight's show. We've been Mars. You can find at Mars05. Kylie, you can find at KylieFBL. And myself, you can find at the Marble Curse. Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. Good luck in game week seven. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother.